Well, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Nice to be with you here tonight. As I was just going to say, starting off a sermon is always my hardest bit because I never know how to sort of just get in there. So I'm just going to start by saying, I don't know if you can remember because it was quite a little while ago now when Pauline read um, Isaiah chapter 55 to us. We've had quite a... <laughs> 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 no, I said this heat it is, it just makes it feel a little bit longer. <laughs> But no, it's been it's been great. Um, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Isaiah fifty five, which I think is a really wonderful chapter, full of um, wonderful things that um, we probably all are familiar with. The first thing I want to do tonight is say about Isaiah himself. That when I could, back to my remembering back to my Bible college days. Um, Dave Allen was my lecturer and always talking about Isaiah and I don't think he had a very high, opi- high opinion of Isaiah I don't know why he, he was he was a strange fella but um, well anyway I can remember some of the things he said about the different parts sections of Isaiah and as I was looking at it today I've written down by you know the first half and then it's blank because in my mind I thought you need to check that up later and I haven't <laughs> so it's the first half blank but I think it's to do with um, them going into captivity and tell us the first half of Isaiah now it's, um, yes. Yes. it's all, all that type the, Old of thing. the what? The Old it's the Old Testament yeah, and it's all um, to do with the um, prophecies of the uh, the, no, that's the second half. Anyway, the first half is different to the second half, the second part of Isaiah, which a lot of what Isaiah talks about in the second half of his book is salvation. And I think, you know, we, they say that the God of the Old Testament is different to the God of the New Testament. But when you read Isaiah, that is a load of wealth when you read anything, when you read any of it. It is a load of rubbish. But Isaiah himself means salvation of Jehovah. Now, you can't get any more modern day than than what what we want than that. Salvation of Jehovah. And he talks a lot about salvation. And some examples to be found in the book are, um, he talks of the wells of salvation. He talks of the joy of salvation. He talks of the walls of salvation, the day of salvation, the helmet of salvation, the garments of salvation. So some really lovely pictures there. And I like the word salvation. I think it's a really nice word, even though it is probably not a word that you hear every day. Although I have heard people say, about their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Oh, he was my salvation. Or maybe their bank manager. Oh, he was my salvation. And different relationships that people have, and they will say that that person was their salvation. And I suppose in the situation, like if you were wanting to open a business and you needed... X amount of thousands of pounds 
and you went to see the bank manager and he said yes, then he would be your salvation because he would make your dreams come true. But I, I don't know about the boyfriend and girlfriend bit, mine, but that's, that's something different. But Isaiah here is talking about the all-important salvation. And that is the salvation that the Father brings about by his son Jesus. And Isaiah 53 tells us plainly what he went through to bring that about. But the verse I would like to look at tonight is in the chapter that was read by Pauline. Isaiah 55, I don't think back, is an invitation to all who are gasping for a drink, thirsty. Initially, of course, he is talking of the exiles who have come back from this exile that they've been in and come back into their own country and they are thirsty for God. And he wants them to be thirsty for God and to come and drink. But then we can apply that to our own generations and to generations since then um, who would read this scripture that all those people why he is imploring them to come and have a drink of the water that Jesus talks about in John chapter 4. And we all know that story of um, when Jesus um, had to go through Samaria. It is Samaria, isn't it? I just had a... I thought, was it Samaria? Yeah, it is Samaria. When Jesus ha- I told his disciples, I have to go through Samaria. What, what do you need to go through there for? But he needed to go through there because he had... Niger prayed for divine appointments in his, in his prayer tonight. And that's what Jesus had. That's what the, this lady had with Jesus, a divine appointment. He met her there by the well. You, you all know the story. I read, in fact, I think I read it a few weeks back, where she comes to the well and he has, asks for a drink and she tells him she has not, she hasn't, not living with her husband and he tells her everything about herself. Um, and then he asks her for a drink. And then she says different things. You all know the story. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But she, um, there's this lovely conversation that goes on between them and the love that Jesus has for this woman and the fact that he wants to set her free from the things that are binding her. But the main purpose is this, this water. This water that she can, he can give her that doesn't come from the well that's right in front of them, but comes from a different place. And this is what he says in verse 13 and 14. He says, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, the one of the water in the well, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That is the water that Isaiah is exhorting people to come and drink. We get thirsty. I'm a little bit thirsty now, but I don't manage. (laughs) But um, when we drink this water that Jesus is offering, we will never thirst again. 
And when these people that, that Isaiah is, to, are talking, is talking to, come and drink. Come and drink this water that I, God is offering you and you'll never be thirsty again. The verse that I want to look at tonight is verse 6, which says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be see I've written dots by I now thinking that I would know exactly what that is seek ye the Lord while he may be found call ye upon him while he is near and that is verse 6 and we want we need to seek him so that we may become recipients of his great salvation when I was looking at this and thinking about this I thought to myself God is never lost if he is, if you read through the scriptures, God is always on the scene. He's never lost. When Israel came back from captivity, God had them fully in his sights. And yet here is Isaiah saying, Seek ye the Lord. He never left them. We had a message from Terence a few weeks back um, when he spoke from Ezekiel. And was a lovely picture of that. That God was there in their captivity. He was not lost to his people. That would mean going back on his word. And we know that God can never go back on his word. God was very much there during Israel's captivity. Even though it was a heathen land, they were God's people in a heathen land, and God was with them. In the story of Zacchaeus, and Sandra read that last week he told Zacchaeus that he himself had come to seek and to save the lost so he God, Jesus is actively seeking the lost but you we are exhorted to do the seeking I'm confused <laughs> and also to do it now now seek ye the Lord now while he may be found. While he may be found, that part worries me a bit, as it implies that there will come a time when we won't be able to find him. I think God likes the game of hide and seek. When I was a child, hide and seek was one of my favourite games to play. I can see me now, our mob was just outside the corner house opposite. <laughs> and I don't know back then there was always thousands of kids about and it was it was fabulous I just loved especially when it was getting to that like September time where it was still light but it would get that dark dark just a little bit earlier and um, you know you were allowed out for a little bit longer and, and darkness was creeping in so it was great for hiding. I hated being on it, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> and having to do the seeking. But I loved hiding. And if you were hiding, it was imperative that you found a good place and didn't show yourself or your game would be over. And there was every chance that you'd be on it. God might like hide and seek, but he isn't very good at it. Because he is hiding in plain view. He wants to be found. He wants to be on it. 
Can you understand that? <laughs> because his favorite thing to do is seek and save those who are lost. So why then does this verse tell us to seek him? If you know Jesus as your savior here tonight, you can probably testify to a time, whether sudden or gradual, that you began to seek the Lord and to cry out to him. Again, my husband has been up here talking about Thursday night, and here I have, we heard a testimony on Thursday night of a man who called out to God in desperation. And what did God do? He allowed himself to be found in the pages of this man's Gideon's New Testament. Is that wonderful? Is that awesome? He had always been there. God had always been looking after this man. But it took the man to look for him. And he found him. And they found each other. And another beautiful relationship was formed as salvation came into his life. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Isaiah exhorts the people to seek him while he may be found. The second part of verse 6 says, Call upon him while he is near. Will there come a time when God will not be found by those who are seeking? And will he be too far away to hear those that call upon him? That is a frightening thought and one that we can't even imagine at the moment. And I don't want to ever imagine that moment. Do you know, I have good news tonight. Jesus died for each and every person. The blood that he shed is, suffic is sufficient to purchase men and women, boys and girls for God from every tribe, language, people and nation. But there's one snag. <coughs> he's done it. It's, he's there. He's hiding behind the curtains but his feet are sticking out. <laughs> he's there in plain view for everyone but it is our choice. Each individual's whether or not we seek him and whether or not we call upon him. Our valley is full of people who choose not to seek him and not to call upon him. But he is not hiding. He is in plain view for everyone to see. He loves this valley and other valleys like it. He loves Wales. He loves the United Kingdom. His love even stretches to Europe. Mm. <laughs> he loves the world. A world full of people who if they would just seek the Lord and call on his name would be saved. Do you know, before I came out I was reading, I'm on Facebook now, you know. <laughs> I'm very modern. But I was reading there about this, I want to call him Benjamin Franklin. I don't know why, but it's Franklin Graham, isn't it? And he had put on it because the Glasgow have cancelled now. And I think one other British city have cancelled as well. 
but there was um, a report of what he had said um, because they had, they, you know, um, they are saying that I won't even attempt to say all those. I've been practicing in the house today my all my letters, but they, they just don't flow off the tongue like they do off the houses. <laughs> but um, so I just say that the people who, who don't want him to come and speak because he is, according to them, bringing hate speech, and his reply is, I've got good news. I've got good news to tell people in Liverpool. I've got good news to tell people in Glasgow and, and Sheffield and all these different places that he, he's going, going to be speaking. He said, good news that God loves them. Um, good news that, and I think he said something about um, that uh, different certain things as sin, but we're all sinners. And I thought that was that was really good the, the way he said it, and the fact that he has come to give people hope and to give people a choice of whether to choose Jesus as their saviour. Um, and the furthest thing from his mind is to bring hate speech. And um, I think we, I know Tara said this morning that you know it's all in God God's hands, and we just need to let it go and let Him solve it. But we have the power of prayer, don't we? We have prayer. And I think we should pray uh, for this man that um, he he has this opportunity to speak love over these cities because that's what he's come to do, not hate. He's come because the gospel is, like I said, good news. Um, and that's what he wants to bring to these cities is good news. To this world, and get back on track now, Full of people who, if they would just seek the Lord and call on his name, would be saved. I just want to read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, to six, chapter 6, verse 2. And it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you. For an acceptable, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, we here tonight, uh, who know Jesus as our saviour, uh, have a very important role <coughs> in people who are seeking the Lord. I read something today which I liked. We as reps. We are God's reps in our in our work, in our workplace, in our home. Wherever we are, we are his ambassadors. And I did read, I also read something today that I liked. Who better to talk about the benefits of freedom than a released prisoner? And that's what I am tonight. I'm a released prisoner. I've been set free from sin and now live a life of freedom in him. So who better to tell somebody who's still in prison how many benefits I've got since I've accepted the Lord Jesus, my saviour. Do you know what? I was thinking when um, Leslie was talking about Tanya and her husband, 
Sometimes I think I need to pray for that just saved experience. Do you know when you're just saved and you just want to tell everybody? And Tanya is in that stage now where she just wants to tell everyone that what God has done for her. You know, she wants to come up and she wants, I think it's marvellous, she wants to come up and talk to Leslie about God. And I think sometimes when we've been in the ministry or been in service for years and years and years, we lose that edge of um, just wanting to talk about him, just wanting to tell people about him. And I've gone off track again. But that was lovely, that was. You know, verse 20 says, of this um, chapter that I, first, a couple of verses that I just read, says we are used, used, used by God to plead plead that is a strong word it means to entreat earnestly to appeal or ask in an intense emotional way that's what Paul is asking us to do here on Christ's behalf that they be reconciled to him and it goes on to say in verse 2 of chapter 6 behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation. Do you know, if there's anyone here tonight who has yet to give their lives to Jesus, I plead with you to do it today. I earnestly entreat you to do it today. I ask in an intense emotional way on Christ's behalf to do it today. None of us know what tomorrow will bring, and I thank God for that. That's his business. Isaiah wanted the people to come and to drink. If they were thirsty, as I said, the cap- he was talking about those that had come back from captivity. Captivity had taken its toll on the people of God and they needed to come and drink. And so it is for us today. Slavery to sin has taken its toll. And there's a lot of thirsty people. Some know it, some don't. Some are in dark despair, and others are riding on the crest of a wave. Wherever they find themselves, if they don't know Jesus as their Saviour, they need to seek him. They need to call upon him and come and drink from his wells of salvation. They are deep wells. And also, I think, for us as well, who know Jesus as their saviour, sometimes I think we need to come and we need to drink afresh from his wells of salvation. Because for us as well, they are deep wells. I just want to finish by saying this little prayer. God, please help us, as you were people, to plead with this world that you love and gave you a life for. Because now is the day of salvation and the lost need to seek you now when you are in plain view and call upon you now when you are so close. Amen. Amen. Amen.